Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. To save his life, call his wife in. Nothing to say but what a day. How's your boy been? All right, 410. Nothing to do. It's up to you. I've got nothing Good morning. To say, it's 4 it's o'clock. We got one hour left of our show. The warm up show comes at 5 o'clock, followed by Boomer and Geo. 877-337-6666. As you heard in the update there, Daniel Jones still not cleared for contact. I I mean, it's just starting. He's not going to play this week. And now I I don't know like how many how many weeks do they go where he's saying he's feeling good, he's feeling great, he could do everything except get cleared for contact with the same with a neck injury that he dealt with the year before or 2 years ago, should I say? And like I'm now, I'm starting to get concerned on what this injury is from Daniel Jones. I mean, I guess I was always concerned, but now I'm really starting to think I don't know when we are going to see Daniel Jones. And there's no reason to think it'll be next week or the week after. And especially if Tyrod Taylor, who's made the offense look better, goes out there and beats the Jets. Now you start getting into the territory. I know I've said the minute he's healthy, you play him, and I still agree with that. And it sounds like hopefully Andrew Thomas is going to be back at least. And if Andrew Thomas is back and you've kind of stabilized that offensive line, I absolutely think you should bring Daniel Jones in the second he's healthy. But now it's starting to get to the point where if he wins this game and he wins the next, like, they're going to play they play the Raiders next if he wins that game and Daniel Jones isn't healthy. At some point, well, now you're on a three-game winning streak with Tyrod Taylor. Now maybe I don't. Now maybe I don't make the decision to go back to Daniel Jones. Like, it's just I don't know what's going on. And then Dable comes out today and, like, just puts to bed – the trading Saquon Barkley stuff, which I've went over. I don't understand it. Uh, you don't have to explain it to me. I understand loving the player. I love the player. He's extremely talented. He's their best offensive weapon, and it's clear, despite what the running back market is, despite what the Jet, the Giants didn't want to pay him or didn't you know, want to at least meet his demands, whatever they were, to pay him. They offered him contracts, but not good enough, clearly. He ends up getting on the, the franchise tag, but clearly... They're a different offense with him and without him. There's no there's no arguing it anymore. Even guys like me who will downplay running backs and talk about the market and, you know, will still complain now and now and again when I'm asked about it, about drafting him second overall. I can't argue with the idea that he is a a person of interest for this offense and the offense does not look nearly as good as when he's in it, even if he's not producing at a crazy high level. His 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 imprint on the game is obvious even if he's not impacting it on, on such a great level. But still, he's back, line's back. I, I bring Daniel Jones back, but it's getting to the point now, and especially if Tyrod Taylor plays well and, and beats the Jets, which, by the way, is plausible. I'm hearing way too many Jet fans tell me it's impossible. Like, I, you guys are nuts. I can't imagine. I'm sorry. I can't imagine being a Jet fan, nor a Giant fan, but specifically a Jet fan, and being this damn cocky. I understand you have... Extra pass rushers you're going to look to trade away in Lawson. I understand that this defense has shown moments of being really special. Whether 85 Bears are, are, are relevant or not, doesn't matter. They've shown uh, an ability to be really good and won a couple of football games for you. And now you feel like you got Brees Hall and a quarterback who makes good decisions at the bare minimum. 
And, hey, we're going to go out there and beat you, lousy bum giants. I'm sorry. I don't know how you can be that confident. I don't care who you beat two weeks ago. This is the NFL. Look at it. Look at how many teams win against good teams, lose against bad teams, give good performances one week, a miserable performance the next. It's all over the place. And you don't have a quarterback that gives you sustained, good offensive play week in and week out. You just don't. So I I would be careful to be cocky if I'm either team. But with the Giants specifically now, if we're going to talk further past this game just for a minute, if they lose this game, I don't understand why Saquon Barkley won't be traded. I don't know why the Giants would poo-poo it. Right now, they're hoping they win. Right now, it's the last thing you want to talk about. I get it. But I'd be very surprised if it doesn't even, you know, pop into the mind of Joe Shane with this season being two and six after a jet loss. Where you wouldn't trade your biggest asset that you only have on franchise tag to get back draft capital. Like I I just and quality. Like, yeah, don't do it for nothing. But I can't imagine that they won't even consider it. It sounds like they want to make you believe they won't even consider it. I find that hard to believe, and honestly, I don't think it's very smart. But what the hell do I know? They know better than me. Keep Saquon Barkley on a sinking ship. Great. Great. We also saw the first game of the Knicks last night. They lose a tough game to the Boston Celtics in a game that they just were absolutely dreadful in the start. Couldn't shoot to save their lives. They're actually... Pretty good from the behind the arc. But other than that, they were terrible inside the arc. They were terrible at the free throw line. Late in the game, that's what cost them. Julius Randle was awful in this game. Brunson wasn't any better. And yet they were still there. So for one night, despite the fact Porzingis owned the Garden, scored 30 points in his first ever game as a Boston Celtic, the most ever by a Boston Celtic making his Boston Celtic debut. I can't, I can't believe that's true. But Porzingis puts up 30, has the chance screaming, F Porzingis, he's hitting big shots early on, he's getting blocks and keeping them from really getting points in the paint. He was doing everything you could possibly do, Porzingis. Just I scored 15 points in the first quarter, hits the big shot late in the game, blocks shots, gets rebounds. I mean, Porzingis, really, if, you, if this were a Boston talk, radio show, you'd be talking about how the dynamic and what Porzingis brings to the Celtic team and how maybe it's just what they needed. But he scores 30, Tatum scores 34, the the Knicks can't shoot, their two best players are worthless, and yet still they were right in this game. So for the opening night, call me crazy, I understand what this team is and what it's not. I understand they probably can't compete with the Boston Celtics when it comes to you know Eastern Conference and championships. I understand who they are and who they're not. But still, for one night, I think you could look past that as you're trying to actually have a, a season here and a team here and hopefully be a team that can get a three, four, or five seed and go about maybe winning a first round in the NBA playoffs. Despite the fact they lost the game they should have won and a game that will frustrate Nick fans looking at the numbers and looking at the idea they missed so many free throws and was so bad from inside the paint and Julius Randle yet again was awful in this game and Brunson had a down night, but still quickly showed you what he could be and looked like someone who's going to be motivated to get a contract at the end of the year and played terrific and came in and gave you instant acts, instant offense and was hitting shots and played well. R.J. Barrett shot pretty well from behind the arc. He was getting to the basket, seemed at will for a time there. He, you know how strong he is, and that's the best part of his game. 
is getting to the basket. He showed you that. Grimes hit a couple big shots. Hart comes in and immediately gives you that gritty toughness and gets the crowd going. So you saw a lot of different elements of the team that you do like. And you saw a couple of things that, you know, that second unit and quickly and Hardenstein and 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 Hart and Barrett was playing with the second unit because they, they, you know, they only rotate nine in. They only have a rotation of nine. Like with that group, they were hanging with the Celtics and had an opportunity to win this game or even up late in the game. So that's going to be my takeaway from it. The Knicks had a chance to win a basketball game against the Boston Celtics when they didn't even play particularly well. Now they have a tough schedule. They can hit the road for a bunch of games coming up. Gonna have to turn it around because, you know, moral victories don't last longer than opening night for me. That's my limit. That's where I ended. But as disappointing as it was, I'm going to choose to look past it because I don't expect Randall. You know, it's not the playoffs just yet, so I still expect Randall to turn around and play much better moving forward. And obviously Brunson just had a miserable night. I don't expect to see that again too often. So if you can get your two superstar players or, you know, your two star players for at least for this Nick team, your two best players, should I say, if you can get them playing up to their usual quality and have the other elements that did show up in this game, that's a recipe for winning, you know, 48 to 50 games in, in this league and hopefully being a 3-4-5 seed. Because that's about as good as you can expect the Knicks to do. And there were elements in this game quickly. Barrett played well. Like There, there were elements to this game that you feel like if you get a normal Brunson, you get a normal Randall. You'll be right there with the Celtics on any, any given night. But Porzingis looks like a problem. That's for sure. Maury and Belmore. What's up, Maury? Uh, Porzingis looks like a problem. That's just the story of the Knicks. It's incredible. I, the story of everyone. We're watching the Major League postseason. Montgomery's pitching. Yeah, I mean, right, so it's a me, story for everybody. Let me start quickly with, with, the, with the taco Nazi. Marco, if you're listening, he's a kid. Let him do whatever he wants, Marco, you crazy son of a biscuit. That's number one. Okay. Um, and when I'm up there by you, <laughs> I go to this fancy place called Hudson Tacos. Oh, I know yeah, been. I've, I've been it's to a Hudson's. Fancy. Uh, yes, a little fancy. Uh, uh, it's, right on the, it's, it's right on the water in Newburgh. I know Hudson Tacos very yeah. well. You're Great talking to a taco connoisseur. Okay. <laughs> a taco connoisseur. I love it. But I could just see Marco say, no taco for you. Two weeks. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I wanted to just say, I feel like Randall, it's the same old mix. I get so excited. No ding dong, no bing bong, nothing, none of that. But I just feel like it's always something. But it's the first game. I don't want to get too, too. But Tibbs has got to be a little more uh, flexible with like subbing in certain guys when they're not playing. I do love what we're going to do. But why is it a poor Zingas has to come back here? I know. Just, yeah, he had a big night. Tough. He had a big night. The whole, look, uh, thank you for the call, Maury. The whole crowd was chanting uh, F. F. Porzingis, yeah, uh, he was in. He was di- he was dynamite. He was absolutely dynamite, uh, and he was the story of the game. He was the story of the game for the Celtics. Uh, you know, um, he just was early on. He was black blocking shots. He, he he scores fifteen points in the first quarter, and then hits big shots late down the stretch as well. He was the story of the game for the Celtics, and the best uh, opening night performance for a new Celtic that has ever been. Amazingly enough, and yeah. Now he's. I think he. I'm, he's had to have been in the. He was with. He was in the garden before. He had to have been. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I know for a fact he had to have been with with with. Uh, obviously, with Washington last year, had to have been. But um, he owned it last night, and he helped. Was a main reason why the the Knicks lost that game. 
And I don't know how much, like, he's been on three separate teams now. It's been years. I really don't know if it really bothers you that much. It's frustrating to look at. It's not like it's really, we're going to see what he does with the Celtics. Maybe at the end of this year, you'll start to feel differently. But ultimately, it's not like he's won. It's not like he's had monster seasons. It's not like he's been, you know, com- you know, it's not like he's been in MVP conversations or anything. It's not like he's gone on to really dominate the NBA. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's been bouncing around. Every once in a while, he'll pop up. You'll watch, you know, the highlights on ESPN. Oh, Porzingis had 40 tonight. Like, he's capable of that on any given night. But for the most part, I don't think Porzingis has come back to haunt you. It's more of you just wish it would have worked out better here. But it's not like he's gone on and really just dominated the league. Now, had a great night. This is a new, uh, you know, for him and this Celtic team, it could be something special that does fit and connect. And and this group with, you know, obviously Porzingis and Holiday is the new additions to the Celtic team. Maybe it'll be special. And at the end of the year, we'll really be pissed off about what he became. But I don't think you're at the point really where Porzingis bothers you that much. Maybe it does. I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. He hasn't really turned into like some great player that took the NBA by storm or anything. Eric and Ron Conkham, what's up, Eric? Hey, C-Mac, how you doing tonight? Good, buddy. How are you? Good, good. Uh, before I get to the Jet-Giant game, uh, I did watch that Napoleon trailer. It looks uh, excellent. But uh, I'm curious, did you see, I don't, I don't know if you have any interest in it, but since your kids are getting into the wrestling, did you uh, see the trailer for the Iron Claw? Um, the, the, the family? Of, yeah, uh, yeah, the, uh, I, I did. Eric yeah, family. I did. I did. I, 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 I don't know them. I guess I'm not that... I'm not that well versed in old school wrestling. I'm unaware of who they are. I Zach Efron and okay. so I don't know who I don't know who the family is necessarily. Yeah, they Yeah, you may you may want to uh, maybe. Uh, I, I mean, there's, there's a, a lot of tragedy in in the. Well, I'm assuming. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, you can tell by the trailer. Uh, I did see the trailer, and obviously, yeah. something of um, you know reason to make a movie. There's got it, it can't be just there. They're great wrestlers. The end. Some obviously, right. there's some sort of drama. Inside their one family the dynamic, family, uh, yeah, one of the few family groups of uh, wrestlers. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've you know, I've been talking to Zoo and uh, EJ and, and them. You know, we're going to try to all hook up and go and everything. But yeah, oh nice. In my, uh, in, in my my wheelhouse uh, time of watching. But uh, yeah, I would uh, yeah at least maybe Google it and see if you have any interest in it. But I mean, uh, but yeah. look as far as I yeah. saw the trailer and the trailer looks good and yeah. Zach Efron yeah. looks jacked. I mean, God, he's. He's, yeah, he's come along. Which is crazy he's come a long way from high was. school musical. He's, he looks yeah, like a different yeah, person. Yeah, that's, that's that's true. And he and he was always uh, uh, even even in Baywatch, he was pretty cut up. But I mean, but he definitely put on some muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, as far as the Jet Giant game, I mean, look, I mean, um, <clears throat> I, I haven't heard too many people other than like guys like BT and a couple others who were like supremely confident. You know, as far as the the, the Jets uh, side and everything, I'm 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 quite nervous myself. Only because of the fact that you know neither team really scores a lot. I mean, let's be honest. No, I you know, expect it to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, yeah, especially in the first half, the Jets just don't score in the first half. Yeah, you know, as far as uh, offensively, and uh, now, and, and I think this might off. be the first time the the Jets defense shouldn't have a problem in the first half. The Jets defense has played much better in the second half of games. Uh, I think they're going to finally meet the the team that they're able to dominate in the first half because the Giants' offense has just been brutal. Well, I mean, I look. I, I hope you're right, and I, I personally would like to see a comfortable win. But I mean, it just it, it very rarely happens with this particular group. No doubt. And I'm also worried again about the you know the the, the week off. Usually, you know, the, a lot of teams take it to get 
healthy and everything, and and it's normally a good thing. But I don't, yeah. I don't trust the track record yet of Salah either after after coming back. From yeah, the, that's a, that's so, an interesting dynamic. Uh, and thank you for the call up against the break. That's an that that's a good question about the coach and and the uh, and the time off because there are it tends to it happens to be a trend. Like you'll look around the league and there'll be coaches who are really good at it, coaches who are really bad at it, um, whose teams always perform off a bye. For some reason, I want to say Andy Reid is is known for teams being excellent off the bye. Um, you know, they're coach. So it is. It does tend to be a trend uh, with coaches and playing after the bye. But I would expect this Jet team to be feeling good about it. They went into the bye off of an incredible win. So maybe that hurts them. You're going off a bad loss. Maybe you're more motivated. You don't go on vacation as happy. You don't take a couple of days to hang out with the girlfriend or whatever you're doing. Uh, and you're more pissed off. And maybe that that eagle win sends them, it sent them off into the bye a little too satisfied with themselves. That's possible. Excuse me. But um, I still expect, listen, I think they're the better football team. But we'll get more into this tomorrow when we really break the game down on a football Friday, and I'll make my prediction. This is, well, I don't know when we all started just saying this team's going to win, that team's going to win on Mondays and Tuesdays. Like, I thought we'd wait for Fridays and start giving predictions. Like, everywhere I turn, there's, oh, oh, they're going to win. They're, I'll bet you they're going to win. I'm like, guys, let's go. We build this thing, don't we? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And it takes a knee in the New York Giants. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17 to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I can't. I can't even do it. That's how you know it's bad. Especially at the end of the show, I only I can only suck on so many halls and have so much bad tea. Man, that was awful. I put two tea two tea bags, bad idea. Just bad idea. Not enough honey, too much tea bagging. Robbie and Lake Success, what's up? Hey, Robbie? buddy. Listen, before I get into my Giants, it's October twenty sixth. You're talking. 81 games to go with the Knicks, and and we can't break down every game. Look, last year... Well, it we happened won. to be the first one. And it was, and they put a double overtime last year, or a triple overtime. Two years, that was that two was, years ago. That was a couple, right. I mean, that was an amazing that game. That led to the bing-bonging and the miserable season, yep. Arizona, 84 wins. You're in the World Series. Four, four games away from winning it all. And Miami Heat was what a ten seed, nine, whatever they were. Yeah, but they were also a team that were in the finals the year before. They had Jimmy Butler. But I'm saying the NBA, the NBA is a little different. The NBA, without question, is the least of the crapshoots. And it's, I agree. And it's, I mean, listen, you're talking about June. Looks the way, and then we talk about when the real season begins in May. And all sports, the season is just pure. Oh, we'll watch it. We'll tune in. We'll get excited. Now, let me get into. Daniel Jones, and then I'll give you a little history night, history morning, because I'm in the history mood. Okay. Why I'm about it. So anyway, with Jones, I'm with you. I'm at the point. Listen, and I was kidding around yesterday when I said, get the one yard, put him in. I know you, you, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. jumps on one line. Right. My point was, he's so good at the quarterback sneak, and he wasn't ready, and he's not going to play this week as well. And we don't know when we're going to see him, like you said, and I'm a little worried he's going to get David Wilson, and this is going to be his career, which means next year. He's going to be his final year as a Giant, and then we're going to move on. But here's my point on the history. This, you know, first of all, the, the 
Cruz game was the beginning of the run to the Super Bowl. We beat Rex Ryan. Brandon Jacobs running up to me in license plate guy jumping right in front of right in front of Rex Ryan on the visiting side after mm-hmm. the game going berserk. That game was a game. Yeah, this is a two and five. Everybody's talking like this is the Super Bowl. It's still listen, important. It's, well, because it's season defining. It is. It is. It, it, it's it's, it's not what we done. thought it was going to be. It's not that kind of game, but right. it is. And we I could mean, have listen, had Jones. And, and Giants God, can't lose this we game. Got backups playing now. If but Giants won, if, if the Giants won a season, Robbie, they can't lose the game. I I, I understand that. I want I want them to win. I'm excited well. to go and be in the building. But going back to 1960 history, history, the first game ever, the first game ever. Old, my dad, my dad takes me to the Yale Bowl in a booth in a game called the Booth Memorial Game, and the Jets had just won the Super Bowl, and the Giants were still the New York franchise, the old NFL, and the Jets. Kick the butts, kick the Giants' butt. Fran Tarkenton, I think it was like thirty-four, seventeen or something. That was the that was the hate back then for me. It all started that moment. And then in nineteen seventy, Chris, I didn't go to this game. It was the first game ever shown in the metropolitan area. Jets Giants, Shea Stadium. They only played one time, twenty-two to ten. Al Woodall, the great Ira from Staten Island, didn't even know. Al Woodall, when he played for the Jets, which was shocking to me. He missed the Jets. But Al Woodall played in that season, took over for Namath, and the Giants had a great season. And then 88, we lost to them. Uh, yeah, no, we get it. We get it. We get it. But here's the point. It's important. Oh, you got one? Come on. Here's my real point. Let's go. The hate. The hate. And I told you from we talked about this weeks and weeks ago. Oh, I'm a, I can root for the Jets because I'm, you know, when they're not playing the Giants. Yes. Bull crap. Okay. You gotta hate the Jets. You gotta hate the. You gotta hate them. Listen, I'm I'm coming around, Robbie. I'm coming around after this week. But no, I I never, I never harbored any ill will for the Jets at all. I just haven't. I mean, you're right. Like, you want to talk about history? I don't. I don't go back to all those days. I know the first game ever they kicked the Giants' butt, and that's been you know for whatever reason that's stayed with you. We all have those things, I suppose. But I don't ever remember important games against the Jets. There's one. In my lifetime, there's one, and it's Victor Cruz going 90, 99 yards for the touchdown, and see you later, Jets, and here comes the Super Bowl for the Giants. Thank you very much, and it never bothered me. I don't hate them. I really don't. It's football. I want to watch good football. I want to watch the Giants at one, the Jets at four, watch good teams, talk about good teams. I don't hate the Jets, but I have a feeling that if they win this game, Jet fans are going to be obnoxious. I have a feeling Jet fans are going to be obnoxious. If they go 4-3, and three, and if Zach Wilson, oh my God, if Zach Wilson throws like two touchdown passes and they go, they win this game and they go 4-3, and three, I'm never going to hear the end of it. We're just never going to hear the end of it. Obnoxious Jet fans. Corey in Staten Island, what's up, Corey? Big Mac, what's up? Big fan of yours. I work overnight in the city, listen to you all the time. I love you on uh, Craig and Carton, uh, Craig and Roberts. But, um, yeah, some people call it Craig and Carton. It worked out that way sometimes. I got you. Yeah, no worries. I'm not going to talk your ears off. Just a couple things about the Knicks. Because uh, being a bartender, people are going nuts tonight. And that the season's acting like the season's already over. That Celtics team's the top three team in the league. Mm-hmm. From top to bottom, they're built well. They got depth. Derek White did his thing, right? They got the depth. I wanted to see a little more out of Drew Holiday. I'm a huge Knicks fan, right? I wasn't expecting to be this close, being how good the Celtics are. But 
I just don't know what it is about the Garden. People come into the Garden, and it seems like they got superpowers, right? Like Porzingis going off for 30 tonight. Yeah. The other day, Jordan Poole had 41 in the Garden, right? Then the next day, he had seven. It just seems like historically people always go off and visit the Garden. Well, I mean, that's, that's, been the line, that's been the line for too long, and that, that leads into my Embiid point. Like, the, the line for too long is everybody wants... Everybody wants to come play and beat the Knicks in the Garden, but nobody ever wants to come and play and be a Nick in the Garden. And you know that's been that's been the the thought for forever. I mean, forever. So that's why when it comes to Embiid, I understand not not thinking it's the best option. That if you know if, if I knew if I if I passed on Embiid, well, first of all, we don't even know if it's a plausible option, but. The idea of, oh, well, let's wait for someone better than Embiid. Like, I don't know. How long can you wait? At one point, at some point, you can have, you can only be in position to make a a, a splash for so long before, before eventually you got to make a splash. Right? You don't, you can't just be the kid, you know, shaken from nervousness on the diving board. Eventually you got to jump in. So if it's Embiid, I, I think. I think Embiid and Brunson could be an interesting dynamic. I absolutely do. Fliegerman was saying it before. You know, he hasn't played with someone like Brunson at the point. Someone who could, you know, really maybe get more out of him instead of, instead of the guys he's played with. Uh, so uh, at some point, you got to do it, though, no? Like, you just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. Like... When someone find when it when the opportunity presents itself, don't you do it in, in what hopes of getting someone else? You know you need the the player to become championship level. You know you need the superstar. How many can you pass on? And not that they've passed on a lot, but there haven't been a lot of options to get. Like if the option presents itself, and you know he's a you know MVP caliber player and a superstar player, and you know him and Brunson put you in a position. Uh, and if you get Randall, if you're able to keep Randall for whatever reason, if that's plausible or not, then you certainly have the makings of a team that can win a championship. You don't have that now. Would it be better with other people? There are four or five guys you'd rather have? Yeah. But are they are they plausible? I don't know. And I don't even know if Embiid's plausible. We have to see if any of this is true. But and And see, but it sounds like Rose wants it to happen. And if it's possible... I can't just keep waiting for the day a superstar comes here. At some point, you got to go make it happen. Pat in the Bronx, what's up, Pat? Hey, Chris. Uh, I didn't mention this to your screener, but just a, a quick question. I'm sure you can handle it. What is objectively the best baseball movie of all time? Objectively, the best baseball movie of all time. Um, it has everything. It has rom-com, it has comedy, it has drama, it has suspense, it has great actors, it has... Uh, great situations. What do you think? Oh, so are you asking me what I think you think is the best baseball? Yeah, movie? maybe. I, well, I think it is. All but, right. Well, uh, I mean, uh, the think? way the way you said rom com makes me think you're going Bull Durham. No, no, a little bit of rom com, just enough rom com, okay. just enough drama, just enough suspense. I'm thinking Major League. That's yeah. I uh, Major League. Uh, that's that's a comedy. I know it's not a romantic. Uh, I mean, there, there is like a sub yeah, a something I, with Tom Berenger and his girlfriend. No, I, with Rene Russo. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 the most it's the least interesting part of the movie. But I'm saying the the whole thing. It's a comedy. I mean, um, yeah, I don't think it's my favorite baseball movie. It's definitely great. I love Major League. I would put uh, several movies ahead of it. I I think uh, A League of Their Own could be my favorite baseball movie. I love A League of Their Own. Um, 
The Natural is always a, a great one for me. I like Bull Durham. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't know if I put. I love Major League. Don't get me wrong. I love Major League. But for whatever reason, when you suggested greatest baseball movie of all time, it did not pop into my mind. Eight seven seven. 337-6666, and I'm sorry I was short with you there. We're up against the break. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would still say Major League, and I told you. I love, I'm a sucker for a good line. I'm a sucker for a good scene. And Tom Hanks at the end of that, towards the end of that movie when Gina Davis decides to quit and she's leaving with her husband who's back from the war, that line, it's it to me that by far is the best line in, in any sports movie. I love it. It's supposed to be hard. If it were easy, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And it's Tom Hanks saying it. And it's before Philadelphia, and it's before Forrest Gump. It's it's what led him right. He said, it's the hard that makes it great. And then he went out and won Oscars. It propelled him to being one of the great actors of our time. It's true. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. So I have like a little uh, marble notebook composition book that I just, you know, write during the show, things that pop into my head, things I want to bring up, whatever, you know, just write little things. And I never went all the way to the back. And I just went to the back of this one. I I bought this one at a different place. So I don't know if they all have this. But I went to the back. The hard... Not the actual back of the loose leaf. The actual back of the book. And on the back of the book is a big thing that says useful information. And I'm not so sure this is useful. To be clear, you're talking about a marble composition notebook. I see it. So everybody out there... I feel like they've all seen this useful information page before. Yeah, I, I I don't remember it. I don't remember it. I never used them in school. I bought them just for uh, one day. I bought. Oh, so that's what I used to have these in school. So I'm very familiar with. Yeah, it. no, I don't know. All right, so yeah, useful information: cubic centimeter to cubic inch multiplied multiplied by point zero six one. So if you ever need to convert cubic centimeters into cubic inches, very simple. If you weren't sure how to do it, you multiply the cubic centimeter. By 0.061, and you'll get a cubic inch. I don't know how useful that information is. All right, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly what mine used to have, yeah. but the information for Mil- a school-age yeah. child was much more useful back in the it, 90s It and does 2000s. have the multiplication table. I'll give you that. Linear measuring, 12 inches equals a foot, 3 feet equals a yard. I remember I did have one that had uh, conversions to the metric system. Hmm. I don't even know these were things were lengths. 5.5 yards is one rod. Never heard of a rod. 40 rods is one furlong. I've heard of a furlong. 5,280 feet is one mile. We all know that. Six feet is one fathom. I'm unaware of a fathom. 120 fathoms is one cable length. Three miles. Most of these, like you, I haven't heard. The only one I've heard of is a furlong and only in the context of horse racing. Right. Exactly right. Three miles is a league, and that's only by how many leagues under the sea, would I know. That's a, that's, and that's a nautical term, I would think, league, right? I'm, I'm assuming. One geographical mile is 6,080 feet. I don't know, what's a geographical mile? That's different than a regular mile? I don't know. These things don't seem very useful to me. I'm not sure when I would need them, except to kill two minutes in a radio show. Then, very useful. 
Brett in Long Island. What's up, Brett? This is directed at you and any of the negative sellout Giants fans that are calling in saying to trade Jones, you know, trade the team, get rid of Barkley. You know, at one and five, everybody was done. I'm I'm just I'm reminding you. And you said I have to lose to call in. Yeah, I know, but you said I have nothing to lose, but I do. I lose friendships over this stuff. You lose friendships so over this stuff. Lose. Trust me. Who are you oh, losing? Course, fr- you're, losing you're losing friendships over being a positive a Giant guy. fan? I, I just stopped talking to a guy after 20 years. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but we stopped over, talking. Over so the anyway. Giants? And and because yep. you're a positive Giant yep. fan and he's a negative one? Yeah, well, there's different levels to this, Chris. There's people that call you five, six times a day, Instagram you. When your team's getting beat forty nothing, well, right? yeah, week, I mean that's you know, that's not and a, it's like bullying you. And, you well, know, that's not a friend. Angry, that, but... That's not a friend. Um, if someone's gonna really bust your balls about it, but Brett, I appreciate you. All right, I know one in five. You make no, it sound like you make it, it sound me, like they're a million rant, miles Chris, away from rant. one in five. They're two in five, and they beat a lousy Washington team fourteen to well, seven. Let me rant, Chris. I know your take. Let me rant for rant. a minute. Oh, well, I mean, I, I think I we all know rant. your. I know. I, I think we all your... know your take, but yeah, I already yeah, know your I take. I want to remind everybody. No, let's remind everybody because every remind. single caller calls in, and I want all of you to know you're a bunch of phony sellouts, right? Okay. I'm saying it. There you go. I've been hearing it since last year. No, I'm going to say it. Say it. And we're going to beat the Jets. They're our little brother. They've always been. I'm not worried about them. We're going to win that, and then we're going to beat the Raiders. And when we get back to 6-6, six and six, like I said to you, yep. I don't want to hear the fans call, oh, yeah, now we can make that wild card push. No, it's too late. It's easy to root for a team when you're winning or you get back to 500. Where are the fans calling in when we are 1-5, 2-5? Those are the ones I want to see. It's not delusional. It's trying to have your teams back. And that's it, man. That, I'm done. Have a good day. Yes. Yeah, uh, well, okay. I'm glad we can have a conversation. There's, you make it seem like there's a difference between rooting for your fans, the rooting for your team. I'm down on the Giants, and I don't think they'll get to 6-6, six and six, and I don't think they'll get to a wild card push. But that doesn't mean I'm not rooting for it to happen. That doesn't mean that we're not fans because we don't think it's going to happen. I'm down on the Giants. You know why? Because I've lived for the last seven years. I've been around, you know. There was a time I could see and I have seen. Giants like these, teams like these, worse than this. Who lose year after year. That's a scent of a woman, uh, by the way. I I mean, we've seen it. They lose. They start off one and five and they lose. They won one game against Washington. I'm hopeful. This Jet game is an absolutely winnable game. I don't know if they will win the game. I do think the Jets are the better football team. But the Giants absolutely can win the football game. Absolutely. Would not surprise me at all. It would surprise me if they score a bunch of points. If they win this game 35-17, like I'll be stunned. If they win this game 17-10, to wouldn't shock me. I don't think the Jets are – I think the Jets' defense is good, but I have no faith in their offense, and anything can happen. And then I think they're good enough to beat the Raiders too. But – now you're talking about stringing all these games together. I just don't see it. And I and and they've fallen like this before and not been able to get up. I hope I'm wrong. Brett, I hope you're right. I hope they're six and six and we're all having that conversation. But if you think someone who can get, you know, who's down on the Giants and then suddenly at six and six can get excited, it's about the team showing you what they're capable of. And I'm sorry, you know what's easy? Easy is just blind faith. 
Easy as saying, oh, sure. One, hey, we're still in it. Don't worry. One and six, we're not math- mathematically eliminated. That's easy. Every, it, it's, it's not complicated. You can, have your, you can have your teams back without you know, necessarily thinking they're going to do something special. I don't think the Knicks are going to win a championship this year. Does that mean I'm not? I, I, it's, that's, I'm not rooting for them. I don't think the Knicks have uh, uh, the kind of superstars it takes in the NBA to win a championship. I don't think the Knicks can win a championship. Does that mean I'm not rooting for them? Does that mean I'm not a good Knicks fan? I don't hate the team. I don't hate the the, the Giants. I still believe that, and I'm not looking to trade the quarterback. I'm not. I, I want to trade the running back because they didn't sign him to a. If he signed him to a contract, I'm not talking about it. They didn't give him a contract. They tagged him. I don't know if they're going to tag him again next year, and if they bought him out this year and lose this jet game, like I don't under. I think the value of getting picks back is more of a value than having Saquon Barkley next year. All right, you guys have been waiting a while. I don't want to rant for too long. Jr. and Whitestone, what's up, Jr. Yo, C-Mac, how you doing, my man? What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, man. I always love hearing you. I always love hearing you. Oh, now, thank you, man. I just want to, real quick, I just want to throw this out there, man. Listen, obviously, we'd all love to be 7-0 right now, but it's not how it is. It's not how teams built. But this kid, Deontay Banks, he's unbelievable, man. And all these Jeff fans are saying, oh, he got burnt by Waddle. He got, you know, beat up. He, he was covering yeah, Michael no, he's, Gallup. Yeah, no, he's having a great rookie season. I mean, his passer rating against is, I think I, the number I read was 49. Yeah, no. 49? I'm, uh, I'm going to get to another call, Jared, so I don't leave John on hold here too long. But you're 100% right. Banks is having a very, very good rookie season at a position that it's very difficult to step in as a rookie. We saw it last year with Sauce. We're seeing it with Banks. Uh, it's He's been very impressive. John and Freehold, what's up, John? Hey, good morning, Chris. How are good you? Good morning, Nick? sir. Chris, uh, Joel and B, that's a bad answer for the Knicks. A big man with a bad back and bad knees, I'm sorry. I'm not going there. They need a shooting guard, Chris. They need somebody. An they, elite need, they, shooting need, guard they need, they need elite players. People from the they, need, they need elite players. Yeah, I, I, would try to, I would try to pry away Anthony Edwards okay. from Minnesota. All right, fine. Or yeah, I mean, you, you, Alexander. You, you, or, you, you know what? Even take a chance like you did many years ago on a disgruntled, troubled uh, shooting guard, Latrell Freewell, and take a shot at John Morant. Yeah, I mean, here. listen, I'm not opposed to any of those things. What I'm saying is, is if if Embiid wants out and wants to come to the Knicks, I don't think they can just snub their nose at it because they're waiting for better. How long do you wait? We've, they've been waiting since the decision. Uh, even earlier than that. At some point, you got to just take a great player and hope it works out. But I don't disagree with you. It's not the perfect fit, but it is what it is. All right, we'll get more into it tomorrow as we get to a football Friday. Fliegelman, thank you, sir. Thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. I got you tomorrow again at 2 a.m. for a football Friday. We'll get more into the Jets and Giants and take your calls and get you set up for Sunday's game. Everybody have a great Thursday. I'll catch you tomorrow at 2 a.m. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.